that time of night again folks welcome to another edition of thunderstruck your unofficial lincoln stars podcast back in studio cbd whatever we want to call it we're in the cotter household tonight uh gene how's it going thanks for hosting us it's got to be studio c doesn't it i don't know we've been so many places <laughs> i mean different locations in the icebox different different places so who knows still working that location for the grill off too just so you know i'm all set for the grill off in, in the i will be i'll Air be the Greece. celebrity judge there we go there we go. So a uh, big weekend this past weekend. Not the results we wanted. Uh, was looking for another six-point weekend. We came out with two out of the six. Yeah. But the two we got, big win over Tri-City. Yeah, I'm a little mixed. I'm a little torn over this weekend because we didn't look against Sioux City like we've looked like against Sioux City all season long. But the good news was is that we kind of got the proverbial monkey off our back against Tri-City yesterday, beat them the first time at eight tries and actually looked very good doing it. Had an own goal, basically. Um, had a had a very interesting, I mean, we were down two nothing. First one was a power play goal that, I don't know, I it, a phantom elbow, I believe, was thrown. Or There's a lot of those. Then, yeah. It was, it, was, it was very interesting. I'm not blaming the ref uh, because we just stuck with it. Again, like we talked last week with the boys, we stuck with it. We didn't get rattled, which we've had a tendency to do this week. You and I have had discussions about this all 2022. Rocky mentioned it in his post-game comments last night with the, with the crowd, and that is it's a mentality. I don't know if we were looking. When I say this, I don't mean we were looking past Sioux City. I've I mean, we maybe had Tri-City on, on the mind because you and I have had conversations for the last several weeks about if we want to win the West, I don't know, we're not going to probably win the West, um, but if we want to if we want to play for the Clark Cup, we're going to have to figure out how to beat Tri-City, and we, we topped them out and came down the other side yesterday, so now we just need to continue it. Yeah, I personally think that no matter what road we take, that road eventually goes through Tri-City, and we're going to have to get past them somehow just to... To get to the finals, unless something weird happens, I mean that's a that's a good that's a good hockey team. <laughs> they are a good hockey team, and you, you mentioned something weird, but anything that can happen in the playoffs, it's it's the playoffs for a reason. It's the whole it's it's the second season basically. So yeah, we'll see what happens when when we get there at the end of the month. It's very interesting because you know what we saw a lot of really good hockey teams this weekend. Um, if you think about it, the last time Sioux City was in our barn, we blanked them. They didn't even look like they belonged on the ice with them. There were times this weekend where we go up four nothing. Uh, I'm sorry, four to one in the first period on Friday night, and then we promptly go on a 105 minute and 15 second scoring drought where we get outscored 10 goals to nothing, and they beat us seven four and five one, and kind of made us look like the uh, proverbial little sisters of the poor. And um exacted a little rent revenge probably got a little confidence coming into the playoffs against us and when they were the team directly in front of us and we had an opportunity to overtake them for that second seed in the bye 
uh, didn't didn't make a lot of hay there. Lost ground. Um, they have a they have a, a probably a tougher road to hoe moving forward than we do. They got a three and three all on the road against the storm this weekend in Kearney. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned that you know we we go up four one against them. They get a shorthanded goal, and I I think that's where it just kind of the the sales have you know flattened there a little bit, and and we just kind of tucked our tail between our legs and like, oh, okay, this is the way it's going to be. I I had my unfortunately once and fortunately a second time had my prognosticator hat on, and what I mean by that is even when we went up four one, when Steve scored that shorty against us in the first period the other day, I looked at my wife and I was like. Ugh. I just have a bad feeling about this game. And yesterday I had three people before the game saying, oh, how ugly is this going to be? And I, I told all of them, I don't know, I have a good feeling about this one. And like I said, unfortunately I was right against Sioux City on Friday night. Unfortunately I was right against the Storm yesterday. I'm not going to lie. When we went to overtime with, with, the, with the Storm on, on Sunday, I was like, oh, they're going to score in the first minute. It's going you know, to be a kick in the nuts for us. But, you know, Wally came through big time, and it was, that was a huge goal. Despite the, despite the own goal, though, Berkey stood on his head yesterday. It was fantastic. And that wasn't even Sergeyev yesterday. No, it wasn't. It was, I, I don't want to say his name because I'll butcher it where, however I say well, it. You're going to do better than I am because I don't even know what it was. But I just continue <laughs> he, to It say, was the Austrian. That's how I'm going to say it. He's an Austrian go. kid. It was the Austrian in goal. So. I, and, you know, I still wonder what happened because we ran – we. Uh, we chased Tracy from Sioux City from the game on Friday night, and uh, Mangbo still isn't back. So he must still be working on visa travel stuff back home because that's uh, my understanding is that's where he went is he had to go home and check in and before he could come back. That's got to be that's got to be a tough deal being being a foreign kid coming in here and playing. I mean, look what what came in in this week. We got a bunch of Finnish kids coming in this week and. Just trying to take a look and see what the USHL is all about, and just just all the paperwork, uh, the hoops you got to jump through, especially with the whole COVID deal, and you know not everybody's opening up and whatnot. It's just got, it's got to be weird for these kids to come in and then have to go home, come back, and I couldn't do it. You know, that's something that's that's interesting, BA too. When you talk about the Finnish kids, they're not here to play; um, they're here to practice. They're here just to get a taste of how fast and how physical and how whatever the USHL is and experience. Uh, I was talking to. Um, the Finnish kid who's staying at my house this week and was like, so what do you think of the rink? And he says, well, there's some good things and there's some things that could probably be better. And I said, yeah, just wait till you see That's the that. ice box for you. Wait till you see that thing loaded with 3,000. He, he just played in the playoffs in Finland in front of 400 people. And so wait, wait till he gets 3,500 in there on Friday night when, when Omaha comes to town. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned that they're coming in just to see what the USHL is all about. That's kind of the same situation a couple of years ago when we had uh, Magnus and Ludwig Hoff come in, and we ended up signing them, and they had great years for us. So, Yeah, I was, I was wondering about that. I, you know, we've had some kids from Finland. We've had some Swedes. We've had some, some Norwegians, I believe. Obviously, we have some Russians, and we have Japanese, Japanese. right now. So, speaking of speaking of the Japanese, he he came in huge. That game tying goal was was it was was big, and it's because his sticks weren't painted. I'm telling you right now. Well, and I, it was the it was the perfect pass from the point. I think that really got it done. And you know what? Heard a little dinner table conversation last night, and Joey wasn't shooting that to score it. Joey was scoring it. Was shoot was uh, passing it to whoever can get a stick on it. So it's always nice when a plan comes together. Always good. And speaking of plans, we finally got. The, one of the guests that we've been preaching that we're going to get on all year long. We Dude. got one of the OGs coming in. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm sorry. Did you say one of the OGs? 
Yeah. The guy we're about to talk to is the reason I'm a Lincoln Stars hockey fan. I think he's going to be the, the reason why a lot of people are Lincoln Stars hockey fans. Yeah. But he, we're not going to mention it until we introduce him. So you, you can guess now. But here in a few minutes, we'll get him on. So it's, I think it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's something we've uh, we've talked about all year, but finally reached out this week and said, hey, are you willing and interested? And he, without hesitation, said, absolutely, it'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. So before we get him on, let's uh, clear some housekeeping here. Dal Norris, uh, new power play uh, goal scoring record for Lincoln Stars with 18 power play goals. Speaking of OGs, um, somebody that was on the guy we're about to interviews first ever team set it that year with 18 forward played in the league um if i remember right dalton norris is a d yeah d yeah has a what five games six games left to go too to so to he, expand on so that. he scored two power play goals up in sioux city over the weekend and then his brother did the same thing yeah from the same spot and i was joking with dalton on, on the bench on sunday when i was talking i go so did you finally show your brother where to score from he goes yeah it's about time you listen to me yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool comparison side by side that the stars put out on their social media. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Lucas Wallen, eight game consecutive goal streak going on. First time this year. First time in the league. Right. Yep. And somebody was talking to me, and he goes, "Well, since he's suspended, does that streak go away?" I go, no, he didn't play any game, so it's not a consecutive game played for him. So, um, yeah, he, he is on fire. You know, it was interesting to me. Helmet guy on my way off the other day was talking about the the back-to-back losses to the muskies and how hard that was but he made a very good point and i've been thinking about it over the weekend and he said do you really want to go into the playoffs on that big of a heater where you're scoring six six shorties and just uh embarrassing people and part of me's like yeah but then the other part of me's like hmm maybe you come back to earth a little bit just a little bit and and you get to start a new streak then. So you're not, you're not all that in a sack of chips and you're, you're, I mean, we talked last week about these are all meaningful games. Every game we play, even though we're now what, six points behind Sioux city. That can change this weekend though. Like you said, they have three games against tri city. We might even be eight points behind them, but they have, they have three against tri city. Uh, we have two left against Omaha, which by the way, well, I'll save that for the, I'll save that for the, this coming weekend, what we need to do to clinch that, third at least a third seed in the league yeah we have two against two left against uh tri-city to close the season we have a, a two-game roadie in fargo between then and then the home and home with with omaha this this upcoming weekend sioux city's got a three-pack against the storm um they have a game or two left against omaha and omaha has they have a games left against the storm and the muskies and so they're, they're they're you know what quite frankly we keep talking about how far out there let's just say sioux city stays on their heater if they walk into carney this weekend and sweep them they're all of a sudden two games out of first yeah and that's not and two that's games what, two points and that's a, that's an anderson cup race right there so i yep. mean even that hasn't been settled which is amazing because normally by this time of year it's you have a kind of a clear winner on that deal yeah and uh Tri-City has not been dominant anymore, but they've also, they've continued to win. Some of that is, is they got people like John Drew Skinnis, who's kind of been their enforcer, who's been out and is injured and not really sure what's going on with him or when he's going to be back. But there's some guys there that are on that roster that are, are getting healthy right now. So. Yeah, definitely. So let's take a quick break. We'll get our guest on the phone here. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a fun one.
This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president, Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. <laughs> I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. All right, Stars fans, we teased it. We've been teasing it for a long time now. We have the OG Derek Reynolds coming on the program right now. Uh, the original Lincoln Star. You know, you led the team in uh, points with 62, led them in penalty minutes back before they handed out those little 10 minute wussy misconducts on everything with 265. <laughs> Derek, man, how's yeah. it going? Great, man. Great. I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, nice to be here. No problem. Thanks. Like I said, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's let's start from the beginning. How did you get to Lincoln? I mean, coming into an expansion team in the middle of Nebraska where nobody really knew about hockey here in Lincoln at all, except for the Lancers up the road. But being a Canadian kid, how'd you get down here? It, you know what? It, it's it's really, if you got enough time for this, it's I really, unique. it's quite a unique story, actually. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of funny. It takes, there's a couple chapters to it, though. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> all right, then I'll, I'll uh, recall it as best I can. Well, it, it kind of started the year before I had, uh, as a, as a, 19 well an 18 year old turning 19 i had, uh, had a scholarship to northern michigan university and uh, went in there with nine freshmen on the team nine or ten i think we had and basically long story short there our team wasn't doing so hot and then after the great lakes invitational uh in detroit few of us left the school uh and i went back to junior a couple of, uh, most of the fellows went back to junior uh, that ended up leaving a couple didn't uh one of them went pro i believe but uh, so basically, I went back to the the, the BC Junior League, and uh, so I was a 19 year old at the time, considering, and then spent the summer uh, just kind of debating what I should do. And uh, I had some friends that were playing in the Western Hockey League at the time, uh, namely in Portland. My old coach Todd McClellan was in Swift Current, and he was asking me to come down there and. Uh, Portland was uh, the place I chose to go, though. Uh, I had a couple friends that I really knew that were really close with. Uh, one particular, Chris Jacobson, who ended up winning a Memorial Cup there in Portland. And uh, so I was in Portland for training camp. We were in Kim Kimberly, British Columbia for a couple weeks. And then we uh, uh, made the transition down to Portland. And uh, I, I hadn't played any uh, you know, regular season games. So I still was eligible for college and all summer during the summer, I had this guy calling me Mike Kemp, who was offering me a, a scholarship to this new school in Omaha. And I had, I didn't even know where Omaha was, but I was interested. I guess I kind of kept him on the line by humming and hawing through the summer. And, uh, ended up, uh, Steve Johnson ended up giving me a shout as well. And, 
I didn't even know where Lincoln was at the time. And he was, he was offering, he said, you know, you come down and we're a new team here. And I, you know, to be honest with you, Mike had, had my interest, but Steve did not, uh, you know, I wasn't very, you know, uh, excited to come down to a new expansion team as a 20 year old. It was a big year for me if I was going to play, uh, at the, you know, at the junior level. And, uh, it, you know, it wasn't really, uh, in the cards. So, one day we were uh, we were at the rink in Spokane, Washington, getting ready for a preseason game. We had ridden the bus over from Portland, and I was taping my sticks. Now, Brian, this is before uh, you know cell phones and all that type of stuff, right? And so here I am in the rink in the mezzanine level in Spokane, Washington, taping my stick in my undergear, standing by the payphone, waiting for this phone call from mike kemp and so he he'd called me and he was basically offered me a full ride for my latin that last three of junior uh years of uh, college eligibility so i said well mike let me call you right back and i had steve's number and i called steve and i said steve you still interested in having a player and he said yeah and so then uh you know i said well i kind of need need some help getting out there if, if it were to happen and uh basically you know we'd need some you know it would count as my year of sitting out so i'd be eligible to start when uno started the next year and uh so the timing of it was really really unique and, and kind of nice and i went back to the portland winterhawks management brent peterson was their coach who was a terrific coach and an awesome guy and uh um, he'd been in Nashville for years in the NHL after his career in Portland. But anyway, he, he, uh, he said, basically said, well, you know, you make the call kid, you know, you know, we keep you around. We'd love to, but totally understand if you'd, if you take the, you know, the, the three, three years of schooling and, uh, being that you'd already played there, uh, you know, in the, in the NCAA and he said, I get it. And I said, well, I think Mr. Hodge and Mr. Pearson, thank you for the offer or the opportunity. And uh, I think I'm going to head out to Nebraska. Then I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the schooling. So Brent Peterson, after the skate, he, I called the, Steve back and basically asked him to catch me a flight uh, uh, out to Nebraska, which they did. And Brent Peterson drove me to the airport after the pregame skate and, and got me checked in. Said, good luck, kid. And I ended up uh, sitting at the airport. And I got into Omaha. I flew into Omaha very late in the evening, obviously, coming from the west. Yeah, it was about 11 at night, and I got picked up and stayed uh, with some of the owners' families uh, for the Lincoln Stars, who actually lived in Omaha. And the next day, they took me down to the icebox uh, in Lincoln, which was not the icebox at the time. It was kind of a uh, – it's hard to explain. It was like a barn. Yeah, it was, a still, real, a, it was still a horse barn. I bet it still had dirt it in it. It still had dirt. Well, it was – well, it was – the funny thing is the state fair park was going on. So I missed training camp, right? Like I said, I was a training camp at Portland and, and stuff like that. So when I came in, the state fair was going on. And so they were doing a cow show and there wasn't one seat in the building. And Steve walks me into the rink and I thought to myself, what in the hell have I done? Oh boy. Oh boy. So that's, you know, and, and, and Steve was a good friend. I uh, played college hockey with Scott Koborinski. Scott was the head coach with Turk Howard in Fargo in the USHL back at the time. And I was Scott Koberinski's bat boy growing up. Scott was a baseball player back in from my hometown and a good friend of my older brothers, who's nine years older than me. So that, that was the connection there with Steve. And it just, it was just a, 
you know, a twist of fate, a unique timing thing, you know, it just kind of worked out where, you know, I ended up in Lincoln, Nebraska and, um, you know, lo and behold, you know, we played a few exhibition games and, and then just got into the season and, you know, by within, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple, you know, a few weeks we you know, you realize that, Oh, you know, we're, we're not too bad. Uh, you know, we were allowed to have, well, I think it was five 20 year olds that year because of the expansion. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, and, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, kind of a split second decision on a whim and, uh, lo and behold, now here I am living down in Hickman. Thank God. Kids. Thank God for that. Names hanging up in the rafters. Rennie, did you know, like, uh, Klein or Langfeld or Spiller or Ben Couric or in Missouri or any of those guys that were on that first team with you, or was it a, just kind of a collection of kids from around, around North America that just got thrown together and gelled? Well, at the, at the time I didn't know one guy on the team, but I did know Chad Klein cause he had played in Powell river the year before in the BC junior league for the prior couple of years. And I had just come to that league, uh, like I said, from January on from the year before, but we ended up playing Powell River in the playoffs in the first round. So I get to know Chad real good. That was back as best of seven. And I kind of like to give it to Chad that we swept them in that series. But uh, we were, our team was pretty loaded that year uh, in Langley. And uh, he, they had a really tough team. Every single game was, I think, a one or two goal game. There wasn't any, you know, six one games in the series. But uh, yeah, I knew he was there and I knew the type of player he was. I knew that he could. You know, the type of player that I kind of liked, you know, as a coach even now, uh, back when I got to coach with Steve and, and uh, now with our youth hockey, you know, I, I, I like the skilled guys, but which Chad had. Chad was a really good skater, but he was just a real hard player to play against. And what I mean by that is, you know, everything's contested. Every, every puck battle, every draw, every time you're going out, uh, you know, you're the player on the inside uh, wing that has to go out and block the shot. You know, he's in your way. You can't get out to block the shot. All the little details, he was just really difficult to play against. I remember being super irritated by <laughs> by him. So uh, he was a guy that, I, the only one that I actually knew was here. I knew they had a couple other Saskatchewan boys, which is intriguing, and Suderman in Missouri. Um, but that, other than that, I didn't know any of the guys till we got here. We were just a hodgepodge you know, uh, Ryan Ben Kirk had come from uh, University of New Hampshire, similar situation to myself, where he had played there a little bit, and uh, you know, thought that hey, maybe I'm gonna go back to junior. This this isn't a fit for me. Uh, who else was there uh, that, that had played college already? I'm trying to remember. Um, nonetheless, we had like well, Louis Moss was like his fourth or fifth year junior, so he has a seasoned. You know, he knew the league well and uh, was a terrific terrific teammate so we were just uh no we were just a hodgepodge through of, of of players that were thrown together and that's why it was so unique and so um you know such a good learning experience as a as a person and a player to see all these people from different places and different uh with different paths to get there for that year uh you know me as a 20 year old brian lumbaum is you know mr hockey coming out of minnesota as an 18 year old uh you know we had uh teddy soikinen who was a, just a dynamic young little guy but you know probably passed over because he wasn't overly big but he played with a huge heart 
so we were just a hodgepodge full of guys and you know it just uh they came together and gelled really 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 well and had each other's backs and uh you know we believed in in uh, steve's system and uh to be honest with you playing in the icebox was uh was a terrific terrific experience none of us had ever played in front of an environment like that uh, at any point in our hockey careers and uh i remember you know timeouts in games where we had our goalie pulled and stuff that we'd end up scoring and pulling out in overtime where Steve would go over the player. Steve and Chad would talk about what we were doing, uh, what, what the plan was. And then they'd, you know, spend the last part of the time out telling us, you know, to take in the crowd, take a look around, see how everyone's going nuts. And, and you know, you can barely hear each other and uh, how exciting it was to, to, to play in front of that type of atmosphere. So, so that's how it was for us. So in, in retrospect, I was one of those guys sitting in Section E, row 13, seats 8, 9, 10, and 11, something like that. And <laughs> I remember those early games, Randy, watching you guys, and like there's 5,000 people in that barn really not knowing what's going on. I know when the black thing goes in the net that that's a good thing, but other than that, nobody knew what a centering pass was. Nobody knew anything other than, man, this is fun to watch. So in retrospect, how does that make you feel thinking that, that you got to play a role in turning Lincoln into the hockey town that it's become? And, and I mean, you, everything that you just said about the way you guys played is I see a lot, a lot of what you just described in this year's team. Um, so just talk about setting that bar that you guys are responsible for setting. Well, I, you know, I think that we just took a lot of pride in our jobs and in, in our you know, and and Steve kind of and Chad instilled that in us that, you know, this is a you know what this doesn't happen every year. This doesn't happen for every player. Uh, you know, the, where you get an opportunity to start a new team to be a successful one, and as we got going, maybe to win a championship, to uh, you know, to do something really special and memorable. And it it was just he kind of just sold us. It sounds a little quirky, uh, you know, or maybe corny just to to. to be you know to try to sell that to an 18 to 20 year old kid but he really did a good job of doing that and we just took a lot of pride in in um you know especially in that home rink you know we we you know we talk to kids uh players nowadays that you know we played junior against here 25 years ago and stuff and they talk about oh man we just hated coming to play you guys the crowd was nuts you guys we're running the forwards are running us out of the rink. The defensemen were all six foot two, six foot three, six foot four, and could skate and hit, and they were mean. And they really didn't like this. So we just had a lot of pride playing in our barn. And um, you know, you, you reference this year's team, and you know, I think there's a lot of that with this year's team. Uh, you know, this this pride in their game, pride in the the little things, the little details, and I think that starts from the management on down. Billy Puglisi, the director of player personnel, an old teammate of mine from college and minor pro days, he's done a terrific job uh, helping build this team, and and uh, with the new ownership coming in with a uh you know bringing in folks that, that know the game well curtis brown uh, another guy that's helping out uh the next you know an old saskatchewan boy that had a terrific nhl career and just they brought in some some guys from the management level that know what uh know what it takes to win and uh they've you know they've, they've brought in players that you know they're hungry they they look like they know what it takes to win as well and you know they've come together as a team and uh, so there are a lot of similarities. Uh, they're gritty too. I really like our grittiness at home. So uh, 
hopefully that continues on in the playoffs. And one thing Coach Rocky Russo was talking about when he came in here, he wanted to get back to Lincoln Stars hockey. Being on that original team, was it kind of Steve's ideas of setting the tone of what a Stars hockey team is with, you know, you mentioned the hard-hitting, uh, you know, floors flying up, scoring a lot of goals. What what brought into setting that tone? Was that more well, the Steve thing or was that you guys? No, that was you know, Steve. You know, that was that was more of the players. I think, but Steve was Steve was the guy that got you all excited because hey, here here's the opportunity. Hey, what an opportunity here! Hey, what a great opportunity you guys have! Hey, what? Hey, we could go either way. We could be like you know, we could be a non-playoff team, or you guys could do something that people are talking about fears, you know, and just kind of like get you all excited about possibilities. And then the players really took it upon themselves. I mean. You know, I remember games also where, you know, we'd be tied going into the third period and Steven Chow wouldn't even come in the room. We didn't say a word. Nobody, not one coach said one word before the third period. It was the guys in the locker room were like, you know, the Ben Kurics, the Kleins, you know, everybody had a part in it. And, uh, and there was an ownership. I remember, <laughs> you know, there was even a time when one player that wasn't dressed one night uh, down the stretch one run was kind of, a distraction in the room. He was asked to leave. And when he didn't, he got thrown out, you know, by one of the teammates. <laughs> and, and I was just, you know, and he was a younger kid and he learned a lesson from it and there was no harm, no foul, uh, nothing afterwards, but just the kind of like, you know, we have a job to do. And if you're not fully invested in what's going on right here, right now, then, you know, you're a distraction and we can't deal with that right now. So, uh, just kind of that kind of identity was all brought on by the players. And I think, you know, again, there was an advantage to guys that, you know, I, you know, when I was a 17 year old, got to play for Todd McClellan and junior and got to play in seven game series against the humble Broncos and, uh, in the playoffs. And I remember Todd saying that, uh, you know, not everybody, not every athlete, not every hockey player ever, you know, gets to play in a seven game series. He's like, I know lots of really good hockey players that have never played in a seven-game play, playoff series. And to play in a game seven is such a privilege and such a, an opportunity, much like Steve used to say. And so, you know, we ended up losing that game, uh, seven. But you learn from that, right? And you learn and you move forward and you get better. And I think we had a lot of guys from that team that just had had experiences, uh, good ones, but also letdowns that – Hey, they didn't let beat them and they, you know, learned from it. And, and by the time we were all come together for that year in 96, 97, you know, the young guys bought into what the older guys had to say. And we had a ton of talent and a ton of grit. And, and I think that identity, you know, moves forward and it definitely fits this year's the 22, you know, and then right from Rocky, right on out down to his players, right? It's just a gritty team and they do the little things the right way. And, and, uh, we were, we're uh, happy to see that carrying on here. <laughs> so we'll go, go back with Steve a little bit. What was it like playing for him? I've heard stories where players either loved him or hated him. Uh, I've heard stories of bag skates after, after you know, crappy games you guys played. Um, what was it like playing for Steve? Yeah, see, well, I loved him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he, uh, when I first got here, you know, he, he was, you know, obviously being a 20-year-old and, and one of the captains and stuff, he, you know, we had to communicate quite often. And then I remember, I remember we got, I got punted uh, in a game. I got cross-checked in the face right in front of the ref against Waterloo and split me open. And I looked at the ref and he skated up the ice. So the nearest player to me wearing Waterloo colors almost got his arm chopped off. 
Well, I got a two game suspension for that. And it was my third suspension since, a, and it was probably like October 2nd or something. <laughs> and, uh, Steve just basically, we sat down up in the stands after he said, Hey man, like he's like, you got an opportunity to either like go one way or the other. He's like, you know, he told me about losing his dad at a young age. And he's like, you know, I could, you know, I could have quit hockey and just been a, you know, um, a nobody or, you know, but I decided to keep playing and got to play college and go to play a little pro and I'm coaching. He's like, it's, it's good times, good life. And, uh, you know, you pick and choose, but he's like, basically he's telling me like, if you, if I, if I can't control you, I'll send you down to Hastings in Omaha. Let him try and deal with you, basically, you know, straight up. And so I said, well, yeah, I'll I'll take the cross checks in the face and I'll do what I need to do to stay on the ice and then get, you know, start putting the puck in the net and, and stay out of the box. And uh, so, you know, I really, I look back and that, and that was really cool. And a lot of coaches, you know, can be like, well, I can't, you know, he fights too much or he's in the box too much. I'm going to get rid of him, I'm going to trade him. You know, he took the time to tell me, you know, you know, personally about, you know, some of his struggles and which, you know, and decisions that he might have to make or had to make, I should say. And, um, you know, I thought that was really cool. And so I, uh, I, I got along with Steve. Rennie, I'm not looking for a critique of the officiating today, but I do want to know, in your mind, how much has the game changed since you played juniors? For example, it's you gotten just, softer. Well, I, you know, <laughs> that probably is where I'm leading, but you just talked about yeah. a two-game suspension for almost taking somebody's arms off, <laughs> metaphorically. So we have right? Noah Lava suspended for two games because he was laid on the ice the other day getting pounded in the head by a kid from Sioux City, he stands up, pushes the kid, and he gets a two-game suspension for that. And the kid from Sioux City laying there with his gloves on hitting him, they both get two-game suspensions. So just talk about about talk about talk the evolution of the game um, since you played it. Well, it's, you know, I, there has been an evolution of the game, and definitely. And, and, you know, I'm torn on it. You know, I have a son that plays. I think when back when we played, there was a little bit more, uh, obviously, uh, fighting that went on, but I, at the same time, you know, um, I just think that it was, there was still just different challenges. I think nowadays, you know, guys, um, I think the players are still tough. I think, you know, maybe not from a fighting perspective per se, it's different skills. You know, they still have to block shots. You still got to worry about getting a puck in the face. You know, you still got to, you know, take hits and block shots and, it's still a gritty game, especially at the USHL level. But I just, I do not agree with, you know, uh, taking, you know, I, I like that they, I think the fighting is down because they took out, they started to call the headshots. And I remember back when we played, a lot of the problems and a lot of the fights started, you know, uh, because of, you know, shots to the head or a shot, you know, a cross check to the face and so on to keep it, to keep it clean. The fighting was there. Now, you know, I, you know, they, they allow all this hitting from behind and this, you know, they're cross-checking, you know, two feet from the boards and they'll call a two-minute minor for it, you know, but bar, by goodness, don't fight. So it's kind of, that's kind of how I've seen it evolve is that, you know, the honor system is kind of eroded somewhat amongst players. That being said, I just told you about getting cross-checked in the face. There's not much honor in that, right? Yep. Uh, but I just think the policing... Um, the policing was done a lot more by the players 
And you know what? The officials, there's still some old officials uh, from the USHL from when I played around uh, the Nebraska, around the Midwest here, and I'll run into them. I run into some in Denver, Paul DePite, and from uh, the up in the uh, from Michigan there, and uh, Zingerman. I mean, I remember Zing telling me, "Hey, Reynolds, knock it off! I'm gonna throw you in the box. You don't need a penalty now." You know, like he, you know, talking to you, you know. And I'd be like, "Okay, Zing, I'll knock it off, right?" You know. Um, so there was just kind of a code, which, uh, much like society today, that's kind of, you know, uh, eroded as well. Just kind of the code amongst. Uh, maybe official player and amongst players, but uh, you know, having like I said, having a son that plays, I'm glad they've taken out the head contact and the elbows to the head and the, and all that. But uh, boy, I'll tell you this: uh, you know, we had a home series with the 14U AAA Mastery uh, team, which was 14th ranked uh, nationally at Tier One this year. And we played Carshield out of St. Louis, and uh, you and those coaching staff had a couple uh, coaches there. I remember chatting afterwards with a couple of coaches, and they said that hockey right there was ten times more physical than any game we've played this year. So until you know they start, you know, policing the game same way all the way down through youth hockey. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it does move forward because like you saw this week in the NHL, fighting will always have a place and look what happens with, you know, the Ducks when they trade away Delorier and they got five young stud scorers on the ice and, you know, in a game that's five, nothing, you know, uh, didn't work out so well for them there. You got you got to give it to Troy Terry though, for going in there and, you know, grabbing, oh, grabbing, grabbing a beast like he, like he did and just took it. Love it. But back to the officials thing then, like, so they break up a fight of two tough guys who were squaring up earlier, didn't let them go. And then there you have a guy in a mismatch who's taken like, okay, he took a couple, but like step in now, like, you know what I mean? So there's yeah. just a disc, there's just the, you know, Gene is kind of like a disconnect with the, uh, the code, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah you well, it, and then, like you said, you know, that you're looking at basically losing an entire period of the game too. If you drop, if you throw the gloves off, you're looking at 15 minutes in the box right off the shoot. And, um, you know, talk about strategy. We almost had a deal. I won't name the players, but you know, there was a kid from tri city who offered to go. And I'm thinking, ah, I'd take you in the box for 15 minutes instead of on the <laughs> ice because you're a pretty damn good player. Right. Yeah. And that, that comes into play a lot, especially when you get into playoff time, you know, that, I told, I even told my son, you know, you have to tell some of these guys when they ask you to fight, say, yeah, my coach will bench me if I fight you. You're not good enough. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, he told me to fight anyone on the ice, but you <laughs> He said, it's not a good trade. <laughs> why would I, why would I fight their worst player? Right. <laughs> right. There you go. Brad. Why would I fight their worst player? Like, so no, I, I, there's, like I said, it's the NHL is still a man's game. You know, at the, in the junior ranks, it's still a man's game. I just, I wish they would go back to the, uh, some of, you know, letting the players maybe deal with some of the, um, you know, some of the cheap stuff and, uh, let them, you know, with the fighting stuff. But at the same time, you know, I don't think I, I really enjoy the skill part of the game. I tell you what, I go to the, I went to a stars game a couple of weeks ago, uh, and they were, boy, they were flying all the way. It's the way these kids move the puck and the speed of the game right now is way faster than we were. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to watch. So as long as it doesn't take away from the skill part of it, but yeah, 
you know, Gene, when you, it has changed and things, Brandon, I believe are quite a bit softer than, than they used to be as far as the actual product you see come game time. Well, I think that that for somebody like BA and I, who've been watching, I mean, like I said, I sat there on opening night and watched you guys take the ice and saw people <laughs> just for no reason throwing the gloves off and saying, I remember, I want to say yeah. it was Andy Schneider one time who got asked to go by somebody and he was like, okay. And he takes his glove off and hands it to somebody and then hands his next one <laughs> and then takes his helmet off, rolls his sleeves up and the yeah. linesmen are like circling him the whole time. And then it's like 15 seconds later, it's like, all right, let's go. And um, they could have broken that thing up way before it actually started. And nowadays, it's like, right? like you said, they're tackling people. Um, they're tackling people that are ready to start throwing. And I don't know. Right. And it gets dangerous, Gina, because it's what you have there now is two emotional guys who are upset about something. And now you're not going to let them solve it uh, that way. So guess what? Well, now I'll solve it somewhere else. And, you know, you got a weapon in your hands or like I said, the hitting from behind just seems to be. Um, very, very abundant it's at a lot of levels right now. But uh, so it just to me, it creates more of a danger when you when you don't let them settle it, right? Something happens behind the play when, like you said, somebody's in that danger zone between between the ice and the boards. And yeah, you're right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, I there's still been a couple of boys. There's some, been been some big boy fights in the NHL lately, though. So <laughs> you know, boy, these these kids are. They're well-conditioned, and, uh, you know, I really do enjoy watching uh, the skill part of the game nowadays. Kids are fast, and they're good. Well, then you see stuff like McKinnon gets and throws down with somebody last week and ends up with a broken hand as we head right? into the final month of the season. Right. Yeah, that stinks. But you tell you what, come playoffs, it, that goes so far in the locker room. I remember <laughs> we made Brian Lundblom get in a line brawl one time. Chad Klein said, drop your gloves, Lundy. Everyone's fighting. <laughs> and... He turned and he had a full cage on. He said, what? What are you talking about? And then they dropped the puck. And, well, I grabbed my guy and Chad grabbed his guy. And their center was kind of looking at Lundbaum. And he's like, oh, what am I, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he dropped them and he, he held on. And uh, I remember after he, was, he wasn't he was very happy with Chad. And <laughs> that probably doesn't happen much anymore, eh, where you're up by a few goals and it's payback time. Or, it can't, but, actually. You know, once again, talking about the evolution of the game, now – a staged fight is automatic suspensions. A second, a secondary altercation is an automatic suspension. So they've taken line brawls out. They've taken. They've taken all the fun out of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's boy. I tell you, boy. Yeah, and that's no joke, fella. We used to have at least one a month. I mean, a line brawl a month in junior hockey when I played. No, I for sure. I mean, you know, there'd be four or five a year, five or six of them in a year for sure. Okay. You know, people still miss them. That's for sure. <laughs> well, and. You know, I, you know, you, you, you know, there was like back to the code thing. I was in a line brawl at the, in the minor pro level, fighting a pretty tough dude. And he, and my shoulder came out. And they real tough, not a pretty tough, they're real tough hombre. And uh, my shoulder had come out, and it was a line brawl. You know, he could have really, you know, dad dummied me up there, and I just we were trading pretty good, and it was pretty even fighting. I said, hey, hey, Getsy, and Ken Getz was his name, terrific fellow, trick. Real tough guy. And uh, he is, oh, really, your arm's out? And I said, yeah, my shoulder came out. Somebody had grabbed my arm from behind when I went to throw a punch. It was a brawl. So he had grabbed me when I didn't know he was there, and my arm came out. And he goes, oh, okay. And he's grabbed on me. We held each other for the rest of the line brawl until they broke us up. Yep, and he was, yeah. 
it's, a, it's amazing how that how that works. We had an incident a couple of weeks ago where uh, Christian Koshas got traded to Des Moines, and his first game back here, he went with uh, Patrick Rafferty. And well, after, we afterwards, they're just you know they got kicked out because it's five and ten, so it was less than. Yeah. Uh, five, 15 left in the period. So they're in the hallway just chatting it up. And just the fact that you guys can be competitive and battle like that and punch each other in the face and right afterwards, you know, let's go have a beer. Right. Well, absolutely. And that's, to me, that I, again, growing up in Saskatchewan, that's kind of the essence of the sport is it's it's competitive. It's not, you know, and you want to, you know, but it's not personal. You know, it's competitive. And yes, it's personal in the moment that I want to win this game or I want to win this battle on the boards. Or I want to get this puck in the net. Um, but it's not personal on a level that, oh, I don't, I want you to, I want to hurt you or I want to, uh, I don't want you to, uh, be successful. I don't want to ever see you or play you again. It's never like that. It's, you know, and then as a matter of fact, it's quite opposite. You know, I can't tell you the number of times, especially, you know, obviously as we got older and I got to, to play a little bit in the minor leagues, you know, guys that I would fight, I'd end up at the, you know, at the restaurant or bar with them having a beer later. And to this day, still in touch with those guys and how did we met the first time we met we were throwing hands you know what i mean so it was just uh it's a code thing and it's a respect thing and and i think you know you're you know here in lincoln and i think rocky does this with his team is you know just having pride knowing you know having confidence in yourself and pride in yourself knowing that you've put in the work that you you know you're where you need to be and uh do what you need to do to he had noticed to, to help the team in any way uh, possible to, to achieve the goal. And if you need to drop them, you know, you need to do it. I keep trying to propose that at least once a month, they bring a, a line of affiliates up and rearrange <laughs> it with the other team. And they have a line of affiliates and the opening puck drop. They just all throw the gloves cool. down and go at it. And then they can get suspended I, and go back to the null or wherever they need to go. And, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the old school. That's like the NHL. I used to call up all the. <laughs> that's funny. That'd be great. I wonder how long the, the league would take to catch on to that. Well, it's all one of a sudden, time. <laughs> all of a sudden, there were five thousand people in every arena every night because they're waiting for it to happen. They'd probably be going, "Hey, let's uh, let's have this happen again." Yeah, good point. Right, bank, bank accounts start filling up. They're they might uh, start looking the other way. So you mentioned. Well, Oh, go ahead. True. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, you, you mentioned uh, You mentioned playing with Pugsy there at, at UNO a little bit. Do you have any good Pugsy stories for us? <laughs> None that I can tell in the podcast. <laughs> 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 no, he, absolutely. We, uh, I got a ton of Pugsy stories. We were, we played against each other when he was in Green Bay. That's actually who we beat in the final, the Clark Cup. We, uh, so then we played Gotta together. Got in we, his face a little bit. Oh, well, the next year we were line mates, and I used to bring a broom over to practice. <laughs> Pugsy, I'm still sweeping from last year. Still sweeping. <laughs> Random broom in a stall before before a game. Hey, right. No, he uh, he and he was uh, he's a good player, a real good player, great shot and gritty guy. And I think one year, I well, I know one year. Uh, I think it was before our junior year. Uh, we wanted to create a little excitement. We were kind of getting in each other's nerves. We were playing on opposite teams in the inter-squad game, and I think he asked me to go, and I said, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm just teasing. And so we dropped the gloves and took off the buckets and had a had a little throw down at center ice for the UNO Maverick inter-squad game uh, early in the year, the one year. And so then, of course, we went on to play two more years together. Uh, obviously, our my senior year, his junior year was pretty. It was a special year for us up there in Omaha. 
uh, team did pretty good. Uh, exceeded expectations, if you would. And then, uh, then my second year in the minor leagues, we got to be teammates out in San Diego. Although I ended up uh, blowing my left shoulder that year, uh, yeah, fairly early in the year and missed a lot of time. But we were roommates and lived together and uh, got to experience all that San Diego has to offer, which is a lot of fun. My brother uh, was a uh, detective out in San Diego, actually just retired a couple of weeks, about a couple months ago, actually. And so he was out there at the time. And so he, kept you, he kept you guys out of trouble, didn't he? Yeah, thankfully, thankfully we didn't have to call for his help, but I do remember us missing a car once or twice, maybe it being towed because we <laughs> parked in the wrong spot. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we had a, Pugsy's a great guy. And then the other thing, you know, he's with Thunder Bay, I call it the Saskatoon of Ontario, right? It's, it's just hockey guys and a certain, a certain brand, if you would, of hockey players, uh, you know, I always like the Michigan kids. They're gritty. I always like the kids uh, when I was recruiting, uh, coaching with Steve. I like the the kids from northern Minnesota, the War Road kids, the you know the Iron Range kids. They're a different type of hockey player, traditionally or generally speaking, as opposed to you know the kid from the Twin Cities or the kid from uh, you know Toronto metro area. You know what I mean? It's just a different brand of hockey player, and. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I got one of those living with me right now. That was that Jimmy was Pierce from from Ely. Went to went to Hermantown. Oh yes, I love that lake up there at Ely. That's for sure. That was a nice yeah. way of calling them cake eaters without calling them cake eaters. <laughs> right. Well, so Pugsy, you know, being from Thunder Bay, we just he's just a gritty guy, and he just he that's uh, he's just uh, he's a he's a he's a hockey guy through and through, and uh, you know, I knew when he was you know, involved and, and now he was going to get to work with these fellas. I was going to, you know, I, I kind of had a hunch that this year might be a year that the team made, made a, you know, a good step in the right direction. Now, I don't know that we thought they'd be as good as they are uh, going to watch them the other night. I know they dropped a couple last weekend, but uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a team that you match up a little bit differently against, but uh, you know, I think that, they've kind of ex- exceeded where everyone thought they might even be, you know, uh, at this point. Rennie, how many of those guys from the, that first team are you still in touch with? I know Klein lives here in, in Lincoln still, but how many of the rest yeah. of that team are you still in touch with? Well, from time to time, I'm not, not a whole while. I'm in touch with most of them through Facebook. Um, we don't have, I don't have all their numbers or anything like that, but, uh, there has been talk of a, of a reunion. Uh, we have also like, you know, it's kind of neat. Our kids, like I said, Ryder, my, my middle one now playing 14, you, we were all over the map this year. So, you know, we went out to, uh, uh, Boston and Chad Klein, who's his son, Sam also plays on the team. So Chad and I got to reunite with, uh, Jay Shaw, who was a member of the 96, 97 team. And we hadn't seen Jay since that year. And so we got to, you know, we, he brought his daughter. We got to meet his daughter. Um, we got to uh, uh, just do, a, you know, uh, go for lunch with him. And we did have a couple other players, too, that we hadn't seen in, a, you know, a long time. So that's really neat. We get to see their kids and kind of get to talk about the old days. And <laughs> and uh, Nick Four, uh, another guy that's, we see around quite a bit. He took the boys uh, around the U.S. program locker room, 
down in uh, uh, Michigan there when we were out there. So that was nice. And Nick and uh, I went to college with him and his wife, Lindsay. She was a, a good track athlete from the University of Nebraska, Omaha. And uh, so, yeah, it's good to we, we stay in touch with quite a few guys. But uh, it'd be nice if we were closer. I, I would, I'm not going to lie to you. You mentioned a reunion of some sorts. I, I've seen that this past year, Sioux City's done a couple of reunions with their older teams. I think mm-hmm. it would be awesome if, if the Stars could get all you guys back together and maybe like opening night or something like that and just have a, a throwback night with the uh, the original team. I I agree. I It's way overdue if you ask me. And I think, you know, I sort of feel responsible. You know, we were talking about it and then COVID hit, you know, for a 25-year type of thing. And uh you know being that i live here and chad lives here and we're just you know every time we turn around they always you guys know you know chasing kids around especially when they're into the hockey and the baseball it's uh it's a it's a huge commitment and uh we just haven't had time to to get a hold of everybody and do it i like you know i i'm on uh chris fournier who played uh he's a legend obviously with the with lincoln here you know played after us but i you know i'm in touch with him from time to time and It'd be great to not only get our guys back here, but some of those other guys, you know, that played shortly after on some of those great teams. Uh, I know that uh, Grant Petoni, I heard, will be in town this week at some point. Uh, so guys like that, getting, uh, you know, not only guys from 96, 97, but just the the old guard from the from the Lincoln Stars days in the first few years. Uh, I think those first year, few years, like you guys had mentioned, we had an identity that I think, you know, probably our our first team, you know, put forth, uh, you know, or, or laid down the expectation of the groundwork. And then I think the teams that came after were did a terrific job carrying that on and, and uh, you know, making it solidifying it as as to way is to you know the way that hockey is played here in Lincoln. And when you come in here as an oppose an opposing team, you know. <laughs> what to expect you know like i said the patonis and the you know uh there's snowdens and uh, there's just tons and tons of ed casson and just so, so many good hockey players hard nosed hockey players who really just you know they're nick fouts you know guys that just bled you know literally bled and did whatever what they needed to do to you know to win a hockey game that night in front of their home fans and so it'd be cool to get everybody going I wish you could see B.A. and I looking at each other here. Every time you mention another name, it's like we're looking at each other like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's it's fantastic. I I really wish that, like you said, the pandemic kind of killed the 25th anniversary last year because I think they were actually hoping to do some of those things and get some of you guys back here. So, Renny, are you still playing baseball? Uh, I'm not playing this year, but Craig still has my bat. I need to get it from him. (laughs) Because the video of the squad isn't together right now. No, I'm chasing both my boys play baseball, so I'm chasing both of them around right now. And, and riders to the age of two are in April and May here. They got the USA Hockey, the Midwest tryouts, and then they have the, uh, uh, the uh, what is it, Central District tryouts, if you get past that, which he did last year. So hopefully we do this year. And, and so all that stuff is travel and money and hotels and – uh, time where I don't get to do that stuff. Right on. So are we going to see your kid in the Lincoln Stars uniform here in about three or four years? Well, here's the deal. I, I think less than that. He's 14. He'll be 15 in November. And, uh, you know, I know we've Portland, the, the old team that I was with, uh, has been in touch with us because uh, he's eligible for the Western Hockey League bound draft this year. And they've seen him play a number of times. And 
Uh, there's been a couple of teams, Regina, and a couple of teams been around watching and Spokane. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, you know, um, he just continues to get better and improve. You really, he's a terrific kid. He really works hard. He's a terrific teammate, which is more important. Uh, he's, he's a tough kid and he more, most importantly, he's a beautiful, beautiful skater, like way better than me, <laughs> way better. And so I like, you know, we're preparing to have him at home for his 15 new year and then. Uh, imagine by the time he's 16 or 17, he'll be out of here. And in a perfect world, it'd be great if Lincoln could get a hold of him. <laughs> yeah, Pugsy, start recruiting that kid. I'm already on Pugsy. Well, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, in a perfect world, uh, I got to play junior in my hometown uh, as a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old. Um, you know, for Todd McClellan, who coaches in LA now, and. That, those were, you know, terrific years to play at home and be able to finish high school at my high school. And uh, with my, uh, not all my friends did. They, like I said, Jake was in Portland and had buddies in Red Deer and all over the map. But I was very fortunate to do it at home. And now, selfishly as a parent, I'd like to keep him here. But the reality is, uh, I'm not expecting it. <laughs> Well, Randy, before we let you go, we could sit here for hours and hours talking old stories here, but Stars sure. are in the playoffs for the first time since 2018. What advice do you have for these guys going going to make that Clark Cup run? You know, the advice, I, do it for each other and do it for yourself, for each other, and, and eliminate the outside noise. Don't listen to the regular season is, is going to be over and everything starts at zero. And no matter what, just do it, you know, leave it all out there. You know, let the chips fall where they may. Don't don't look back thinking that, oh, geez, I wish I would have got a better pregame nap or had my meal in or, you know, had my protein shake or just whatever, you know, tape my stick better. You know, uh, have the attention to detail. Every little detail of your game day, have it ready to go. And uh, believe in yourself, believe in your teammates. And, hey, you know, how often does the first overall team win it all? Not very often. That's a good point. Right? I didn't think about that. That's a very, not, that's a really not, good point. Everyone wants to knock them off the mountain and when everyone else is pretty good. So I know that that Tri-City team is, uh, they're pretty stacked and they've had our number a couple of times, but uh, I believe Omaha had our number 96, 97 in the regular season too, but uh, they lost four to one in the playoffs. So, um, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs to new start. And as long as you believe in each other, believe in your system, Helps to have good goaltending, and we got that. So, yep. you know what I mean? Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get down and watch the kids play. I'm excited to, you know, watch them complete this year and see what happens and then watch watch them individually as they move up the ladder. I mean, I I still keep dibs on Kevin Waugh and kids like that have been through here. Jared Bull, uh, you know, who's coaching and in, in, uh, onto his coaching career now. I mean, I, I still keep dibs on all these kids. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really neat to be a part of this organization and and to be, you know, be around the fans and the people that, that made it what it is and uh, watch my kids come up and be able to watch this team now. And and uh, Asher, my 10-year-old, too, he, he loves it. He loves going to the games. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a real honor to be a part of. And uh, I really appreciate you guys chatting with me today. Well, Randy, I know I've told you this before, and I'm going to say it again. I thank you for introducing me to hockey, and especially Lincoln <laughs> hockey. I, help, I thank you for everything that you've done to make 
hockey in Lincoln what it is today because I will guarantee you it without you and Kleiner and a lot of those guys, every one of those guys that you already mentioned, Lincoln Stars hockey would not be the Lincoln Stars hockey that it is today. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much, and I'm glad we finally got you on here. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys very much. I really, really appreciate that. And like I said, it's about the relationships and the people. Uh, and like I said, obviously it worked out for me because this is my home and uh, I feel very fortunate to be around all these people I love. So thank you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, Renny. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, you guys have a great evening and go Stars, eh? Let's get in this, this playoff season. Like I said, we could have had him on for hours. I... I could talk hockey with him. I I know I told him at one point, and I didn't go back over tonight, what my first Derek Reynolds memory was. Might have been when he tried to take the kid from uh, Waterloo's arm off. But I, uh, I've <laughs> never seen him play. I was five, five years late to oh, the party. Oh, you missed uh, it, man. And That sucks. Un- unbelievable. But the, but the t- like I mentioned, the tone he set that first, not, not just him, but the team set that first year. Continued on, as he mentioned, you know, years and years going on. And that's what became, made me become a Lincoln Stars hockey fan. Well, B.A., I'm not kidding. I mean, literally, most people... I mean, I had been to a handful of Lancers games before I started watching Lincoln, but you're sitting there with, with all these people. You're just looking for anybody who knew what hockey was about because, like, something would happen. What just go, happened there? What was that? Why is that icing? You know, or what, what is a two-line pass? What does that mean? What is icing? And Offsides, what's that, that? That hardly ever happens anymore. And just, uh, you know, like I said, it's because of people like Derek Reynolds and Chad Klein and, and that whole group uh, for introducing us and introducing us to what has become the expectation of Lincoln Stars hockey 26 years later. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't go off as as like he mentioned earlier. It, it couldn't have gone any better than what it is. I mean, you come in here as an expansion team. Nobody had any hopes for us. I, I think it was him in the, in the pregame video that you hear that they use over and over again. Is like we're just a bunch of ragtag ragtag kids that no one no one gave us a shot. And, you know, we come here and we accomplish something special. I remember listening to Gary Sharp, who now is on. 1620, the zone in Omaha, fantastic play-by-play guy was before Mike Melvin. That should be another thing they should do for like a retro night. Have have Sharp come back and, and yeah. call a game. And- he, he's an unbelievable hockey play-by-play guy. But I remember listening to him announcing that first championship and screaming. Well, I think after we won the Clark Cup, we played in some national tournament. I don't remember exactly... I just remember Yeah, the USHL in- was weird back back then. I mean, there was we we had exhibition games against Team USA, we played in a national tournament, kind of like what the uh, Memorial Cup is, where you get the best of both leagues, or a couple different leagues coming in and playing. I just remember us being behind late in the game and coming back and tying it and winning it and screaming my fool head up, running down the office halls. People were looking at me like, what is going on with you? And it was like, Lincoln Stars, baby. Gene's having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, Uh, yeah, like I said, we could have talked. You got any Bruce Springsteen glory days up there? I I think we would get demonetized. We're not monetized, but I don't think legally I can play that. We won't need them anymore because 2022 is the next Clark Cup banner that goes up in the icebox. Hey, if you're having premonitions now, I I like it. I'll I'll take it. So. Uh, let's uh, let's hope it's not like the uh, premonitions, like, "Hey, this puck's going home with you for your first goal." Because I struck out on that again yesterday. Yeah, I saw I saw you pull stand, standard to the side. I'm like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for three on the season on the uh, the predictions of the the no first, more no more predictions on that. Goal. Nope. So, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know how much you want to preview the games coming up. It's a home on home against Omaha Friday night. Omaha here. Saturday night up at Ralston. I plan on going up to that if you wanted to go. You know, here's the thing. Uh, well, first off, I know that Evan Warner's mom, who never got to see Evan play in the icebox, so she's coming up this weekend to watch him play, hopefully here. I say hopefully because I know he got rocked pretty hard against Fargo up there. I don't know what his status is, but I know she's coming up. Um, so we'll be here, obviously, Friday night. But I'm thinking about going Saturday. More importantly, they play Desmonez on Thursday night. I want to say that oh, we're... Oh, so we're catching them at a three-game... In a, in a three yeah, they three. play... Th- yep, we're, we're catching them, right, the second and third of a, of a three-and-three, and we could lock up at least a third seed come Saturday night, I believe. If my Once again, if my math is right, now I went into the career field I went into because it didn't involve... That was not math. your strong suit. Exactly right. Exactly right. So... Um, I think that I think that we can lock up that home ice this weekend, and that may steer me one way or the other. Yeah, definitely. I I, I plan on going. Um, I try not to miss any Omaha games. Um, anytime I go up there, I love working with their staff up there. Their game day staff is awesome. That's the only thing, the nice thing I will say about Omaha. Uh, the team, not so much. <laughs> I will tell you this: I have so season ticket holders, and because I work in the penalty box for every game you don't use, as you know, as a season ticket holder you get to exchange that yeah. ticket for a future game. So I've been conserving most of mine. And so I'm going to count them up and get with Kayla in the ticket office this weekend and trade them all in for Friday night stars Lancers game so that we can hopefully pack that place. So you're handing out to coworkers or what are you doing with them? Coworkers, anybody, anybody who needs an extra ticket. Have we gotten any, any takers on our, Thunderstruck the podcast call in number. Speaking again? that we we did, I, and um, it was Helmet Guy Nick Halstead. Okay. I think I have it here, real quick. Hold on, because a couple weeks ago I asked what your favorite Omaha memory was. I was Nick Halstead, and this one's pretty easy. My favorite Stars versus Lancers memory is back in 2003 when we skated the Clark Cup on their home ice, avenging when they skated the Cup on our ice two years before that. So yeah, I, I remember. I remember that. Really well is when we go up there. And that game was even on TV. I had a DVD of that game for the longest time. And if I remember right, Backus got hurt in that game early on. And we still came back. Won it. Skated the cup there at uh, Mid-America that it was. Yeah. Back, back in the Mac days. Unfortunately, I remember just as well wanting to go home after they skated it on our ice. And I remember taking walks around the block because I was so, That's the, so I, discouraged I, I, and just like, oh. And I mentioned earlier that that was for the finals. Mm-hmm. And the USHO was weird back then. I mean, it, the whole league, it didn't matter if it was in the West or the East. It was two of the best teams in the right. West yep. that, that played each other for the championship. Yep. So you won't see that n- nowadays. So the, the closer you'll and see they, that. And is, they reseeded after every round. Yeah. It was like the one plays eight and two plays seven. And then you just. Top seeds always got to match up with the lowest remaining bottom seed. Yeah, so it, uh, it's always weird that I that I can go back and look at the, the record books and see that Lincoln Omaha for the Car Club. And it's just it's just weird. VA, two home games left before we hit before we hit the playoffs. I know we got home home ice in the first round of the playoffs wrapped up. Still got a shot at that second overall seed in that first round bye. So let's see what we need. See what we can do to put 4,300 people in that box this weekend, and let's go Stars. Yep, let's go Stars. We'll see everybody at the Icebox Friday night as we host Omaha.
Thank <laughs> you.